Dash. I'm Trey Gamage, and this is episode one, Go Before You're Ready, with Brian Forte. He said that when someone starts to see more for you than you see for yourself, your purpose has outgrown your vision. And that's so, so true. The dash represents what we do with our life. There's the day that we're born, there's the day that we die, and there's that dash in the middle. What are we going to do with it? And so today, with Brian, we're talking about going before you're ready. Less than a year ago, he was folding sweatshirts at New York and Company, and today he's the owner of the most popular restaurant in Hartsville, South Carolina, an all-American city. He also writes plays, he produces, he directs. So my top takeaways for today are how to make ideas a reality, defining your wealth, and resetting faster than you've ever had before. You can find out more at TreyGamers.com and Facebook at TreyGamers. But for now, just sit tight and enjoy the show. Go before you're ready. This is The Dash. Trying to give you an introduction like you just gave me on that Facebook right there. <laughs> but you know, as you just said, you you changed your, your name on Facebook and what you are, what, what you have been for some time now is a producer, a director, an entrepreneur, an actor. What else do you do? Yeah, um, well, actually, like you said, um, I've been those things for a while. I'm I, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Everything that you need inside of you. <laughs> and you remember Galinda stood over Dorothy and said, you can get back home, Dorothy. Everything has always been inside of you. Uh, from, there's never a time that I can remember. I'm talking about first day of kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I was a comedian. I was an entertainer. I was a producer. I, um, I got good grades, not because I was crazy about good grades. I wanted to hurry up and do my work fast and correctly <laughs> so that I could entertain. And, and accommodate my classmates. So, so, so you're an entertainer. Yeah. And, and you told me the last time that we met, you said that you have to exude what you believe all the time, and that's fun. And I've been here for already an hour and a half, and I've had nothing but a great time. So I appreciate what you're doing. And as I said before, looking at your restaurant that we're in now, and that's going to be uh, the host for our shift event, the first event that I'm hosting. Yes, that I'm place. excited that everyone... Did, okay, yeah. wait a minute. First of all, don't just say my event. Say I'll my event it. that is already sold out and that is at capacity. Ooh. That is done. Like the event that we shouldn't even be talking about. It'll be over by the time they hear this one. <laughs> Seeing your thoughts from a year ago, however many years ago, and made them reality in the play that you made 10 years ago and made them reality, mm-hmm. that makes you a special kind of person and, and, and a person that um, a lot of people don't do what you do. A lot of people don't have the follow through that you follow through. And you inspire me to want to get up every day and do the things that I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the opportunity that you're providing with with having your space to be this kind of event, I appreciate you being here. On the show, well, man. stop. First of all, you, no, thank you. But no, I did not inspire you. You ins- no, I no. You are already doing your thing. You already, you know. And I, I admire that. I love to to connect with people who are doing things. Mm. And and just I, I had to be a part. Mm. I didn't know you. I asked someone to introduce me to you because you were doing yeah. things. Um, so whether you felt like you were doing something or not, you put off it looked <laughs> which is a big part of, of well, I can I can definitely say the same and, and one of the reasons I think that we've been able to connect so much over the past 
few months, probably eight months now at this point, really. You, um, what what drives you to, to to have this place? What 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 gets you up every day, and, and and what brought you to the decision when you and your mother had to say that it's time to make a switch? Mm-hmm. Where I am now, or mm-hmm. knowing, or having seen the results, mm-hmm. um, actually not happy or excited. It makes me mad. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like why didn't I do this? Ten. Wow. It it makes me kind of angry at myself that you know something as simple as being confident in what I do. Um, putting out the best quality, you know, yeah. doing, you know, what I do to the best that I can yeah. and trying to create avenues for me to, to advance it. If I knew that it was that, though, that's all I had to do in order to, you know, be where I am, mm-hmm. not that I'm somewhere, but <laughs> I'm at least further than, you know, I was last year folding sweaters, as I always say. Um, you know, it's just a matter. It, it's not a key. It's not a secret. Mm. It's not, you know, people try to make it okay. like this a code that you have to yes. crack. It is not. It wow. is, it's, again, I go back to the Wizard of Oz and, um, it, it's in you. Mm-hmm. Those things that wow. you need, You, even though we didn't know each other, you and I, you were in my path, I mm-hmm. believe, and I was in yours because all the people that are in that we need to meet, they're already lined yeah. up, you know. What's supposed to happen will happen. It will happen. You know, you just have to be prepared, um, which I was. I didn't know it. I was encouraged mm-hmm. to, to keep my business plan and to polish it. And even after um, I wrote a business plan because of a grant opportunity um, and I really polished it I was, and I felt I deserved it. And I I knew that I was the winner of that grant until they called the name and I was not the winner of that grant. After that, after that, that little contest, I wanted to fold and throw away my, not, not throw away my idea, but you know, you're discouraged and you think that that's the end all be all. You don't see other areas. Yeah. And that contest was never for me to win. It mm. wasn't, but my, my idea, mm. my vision, mm. you know, was still very much alive. Yeah. And so I'm glad I held on to it, you know? And, and you, you probably took a lot of things from that loss. And the, and what you just said, which was like I'm somewhere. And and, and that's cool because there's a, a great book that I read before I lost the competition where I came in second and I thought I was first before they said I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was the state level. Oh my God. Don't you hate when you know you've oh won? And you, <laughs> it, 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 I, I answered with Muhammad Ali and I just thought it was so great. I was, I was high on my horse, but um, he said something. He said the secret to arriving is knowing you're already there. So you're already there and it's already inside you, everything that you need. There, mm-hmm. there is no somewhere, there is mm-hmm. no destination right, to reach exactly. because what you said, you want more. Exactly. That's why when I said like I'm somewhere, um, I simply mean, you know, e- even when you think you're there, there's so much more you can do. Yeah. Even when I think, you know, I'm, there's another idea I think of, another, you know, something comes up. So yeah, you never, it's never. Mm-hmm. So what? Having said that, so a year ago you were folding sweaters. A year ago I was the manager. Um, I've always throughout my life, even when I've had what my parents refer to as a real job, mm-hmm. like at the bank, <laughs> like, at, like at the bank, or I was doing mortgages at you know at some time. All throughout all this time, right. I've always been doing two things. Throughout the time that I've always kept an adult job, I've always been entertaining, doing gigs, doing sketch comedy, character comedies, mm-hmm. fu- nursing homes, weddings, churches, funerals, you name it. You got the money, I will come. Right. So I've always been doing that. I've always been writing and producing plays. I've always been writing music. And then I've always kept a part-time job <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> I've always kept a seasonal holiday job. Um, one, because I love fashion, I love clothing, I love, um, and I love working with visuals. But also because it was always easy, quick, extra yeah. holiday money. Um, however, um, you know, we sometimes will, due to the responsibilities of mm-hmm. life, the pressure, things that we need to do, mm-hmm. just life in general, we will take down from our vision and who we 
know that we are in order to just make it day to day. And I began to spend years putting focus in getting by from day to day and not focusing on my purpose and who I really was to the point. And and what really would would drive the nail in the coffin, and I'm sure you have and other people have you hate for someone else that you a stranger off the street to acknowledge something in you mm. when you already know it yourself mm. but you're running away from it so an example <laughs> is a customer will come in the mall and say um that outfit you have on you don't look like you belong in this mall honey mm. you should be somewhere else you look like you should be on tv thanks a lot lady i'm dying to be on <laughs> in, t- in television i'm dying to write you know what i'm saying or you know i've been to your play why right. you ain't in atlanta somewhere you know just people will begin to you. see more in you than you do in wow. yourself and when that happens it is time that means that wow. your vision has outweighed what wow. you've been doing in life so yeah so. and it doesn't it, you don't start to get those things until you decide what you want and what you are in your life. So what, the play that you wrote, The Gospel of Oz, I was able to see here in Hartsfield. Uh-huh. You've already played before in Columbia. Uh-huh. You, you've done this at churches. You've done tours with this. This is a play you wrote 10 years ago. The restaurant is an idea you've had a long time. You're busting down a lot of dreams and goals that you've had in your life. When did you decide? Well, what made you decide that, hey, I'm, about to do, I'm tired of having this play written. I'm tired of having this thought. Let me make this real. What, what made you decide that? Um, I didn't. Again, it was just time and opportunity. You know, um, the the gospel, I wrote it, put it away. Um, my, my church that I grew up in as a small kid wanted a, a project, a, a project to fund, a church project. So I said, oh, I have this play, this gospel play that I wrote in a notebook somewhere. I could dust it off. Um, not knowing that, you know, it was going to develop into a full musical, right. original music, dancers, um, you know, so not knowing that people that I worked with were going to come. But, you know, so um, it kind of did like that. But just in, gen- in general, um, that just speaks to having done a play that you wrote 10 years ago mm-hmm. that you're getting great reviews on 10 years later. Just to me, just speaks to timing. We get so caught up myself. I always thought I should be where the next person is. I have friends mm-hmm. in school. I have a great friend that I grew up with who's an attorney in town. Okay. I have always, always gauged my life by where he is. What's I have a friend who's a singer. He's in New York now. I've always gauged where I am. Mm-hmm. Your timing is not anyone else's. Your schedule is not anyone wow. else's. Your, you know, you never know when it's going all you have to do is be ready and available to mm-hmm. it um so um that's just kind of the story of me even now things that i'm doing now there are things that i've had in the stock house didn't right. know the time didn't know the right. opportunity right you know <laughs> and now your, your your dreams are reality if you may and it's it, it becomes it comes reality you know the abnormal becomes normal when you when you do it all the time so that's right that's, and that's, the, and that's the thing if I could tell anybody even if you don't kind of see where you are now go ahead and do the work mm. because there's going to be like now you know when you got stuff in the can I don't have to sweat to wonder because there was a whole time when I was doing nothing <laughs> and when I was doing nothing I was writing so I have a notebook to refer right. to so what I'm mm. saying is there will come a time when things will be in demand so it will be mm. great during your downtime what about your past, and you, you had it written for so long, you sell it for so long. I write in my journal, I have pages and pages of notes of content of things that, that I'm sitting on that I really don't know what I'm going to use for. Mm-hmm. What about your past and the things that you did in your past brought you to where you are right now? Um, yeah, well, I, I think that we all, we could choose to run from our past or to utilize mm. our past. I definitely have utilized my past. Um, I think that strategically from what I want to do for someone who's, who, who wants to be, you know, who's an entertainer, a producer, a creative person. I'm from the South. 
Mm. I'm from the poor south. Mm. I'm black. <laughs> you, you from the poor side of the poor south? <laughs> no, I mean, come on. on the wrong side of the track. I'm left handed. <laughs> Every eye. <laughs> Every challenge that life can throw at wow. you, um, wow. I have a, I have a list. Mm. Just every, just everything that someone said shouldn't be. Right. I never, um, my, from my parents, you know, were good in that. I, I call it being. They raised me very naive. Um, my mom was a waitress. I probably was in middle school before I realized that we weren't rich. Mm. I thought we were rich mm. because unlike other kids whose parents got a check, my mom. To in my mind, she bought home money every day. <laughs> now I didn't know that was tip money and that was not money. Right. But to me, right. <laughs> my mom has cash every night. We've got to be rich. Well, that's the beautiful thing about our past and about our pain and, and, and looking at parents. Why we can appreciate them so much because even in the times when, truthfully, it was the worst. You it know, was the worst. it was probably the most stressful on your mother. Uh, they were able to create an environment where you didn't even see the wall that was up in front of your face. No, I didn't so, see it. But once you realize that pain, it, for me, it kind of hurt in my life to realize that, man, I've been broke. I've been living this way. i got so much to learn. Now I'm comparing myself to different family members, mm -hmm. to different friends, to different people, and that, I think, kind of hindered my, my progress. Did that happen to you? Yeah, um, absolutely, but I think it was a kind of reverse for me. Mm. Um, my mom, being a single mother, okay. in the, we lived in the hood. Uh, one <laughs> the hood to the theater. Okay, one <laughs> a different life for me so I would have to walk even though she was not there now right. she's at work we're talking about single mother at work I get out of school I do my homework on the table there are symphony ticket concerts for me mm. to walk from the hood to where the rich people are to watch an orchestra wow. concert where I'm the only black kid in a sea of white hair faces wow. and hair and white hair um, so what I'm saying is I think those were identified and quickly you've got to have another mm. solution you've mm. got the, the other other what do I call them other options were offered to me quickly okay what was it about music and theater and performance that made you stick that way? My, well okay so my early, first of all I think it was just it, it was born from I never was shy I can't even as a kid three four my earliest memories I can never remember being a shy kid mm. at other tables in the restaurant I was always naturally a non-shy person then that turned into my um I was the kid where family Brian like I'm in another room so the room is full of adults Brian hey come in the room um impersonate this person show them how this person yeah. sleeps how did like I was the, the kid yeah. you know I was I would come and gladly Brian would gladly come in the room and entertain and go back to what he was doing I was on the chat so I think it kind of came from that okay um and that's like, what Eddie Murphy talks about how he used to always be standing in front of the TV and impersonate Richard Pryor or somebody and yeah it started from just you know mm. and like I said I was ready I was game okay um someone put they put the mic in my hand early in my church okay. you know um put the microphone in my hand I was very so um those kind of things but um then I I've always been naturally, even as a small kid, um, which is why important that I'm always mindful of how I model and pattern myself in front of other kids. I was a sponge to people who had lively personalities. Mm. I loved as a kid people wow. who walked into a room and captured the wow. room. My grandmother had a friend. Her name was Miss Julia Jett. Miss Julia had the personality. So I didn't really know I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. Right. All I knew was I wanted people wow. to cling to that's, me when I walk in a room. That's, that's your wealth. I mean, that's what you know, you know? some people taught to follow people with money, follow people with, you know, with cars, follow, I mean, you follow people with that fun. And, and that's one of the things you said you want your restaurant and your brand is, is I'm a good time. I'm going to have fun. That's what I've been. At what point did you start living I'm a fun time? 
Early, like I said, elementary. Um, okay. you can. We're all adults now, and they can tell you, my child. Really, I've mm. always mm. tried to be a buffer. You know, um, even now I will have you know friends who might lose a loved one. They send for Brian. Like I feel that that's kind of like, and that's how I know it's kind of it's natural to me because I don't run away from it. Mm. You know, I I want to lift. I want to cut the ice. I want right. to. I want people to feel good and have a great time. Right. Right. Um, that- that's a that's a cool way to live, and, and as I said earlier, I think you you exude that. One of um, one of my favorite people in the world is Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a phenomenal poet. He's a phenomenal he artist. Yes. He's a phenomenal musician. How do you feel about the movie getting ready to come out? He looks like Tupac. But you are you going like to trash movie. it before you even see it because nah, you're a Tupac fan? No, nah, I'm going to go see that. I, I, you know, I like more of what Tupac did outside of music. I think, and I recognize him more for what he did outside of mm-hmm. music than I do inside of music. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm probably going to learn a lot when I go see that movie. How do you think Tupac would feel about music, rap? I don't think he'd be happy, man. Watching some of his videos when he was at the Black Black Panther parties and and watching, you know, I have a book of poems from called The Rose That Grew From Concrete, mm-hmm. and it's there's so many sections and sections of poems from when he was at a, a very young age, and and the way he wrote and the the the, the beauty of his mind and the way that he wrote he and put his very, thoughts on paper. Yes, it was yes. amazing to see that from a 17, 18 year old kid. So. Um, you know, keep in mind that he died at 26. Right. You know, so he'd be 50 right now. Okay. My dad is 54. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was, he's a relative, he's a young cat. He would still be a young cat. Um, I think he'd probably be, he probably would have switched lanes like Will Smith by the time, you know, he got to 97, 98, 99. Well, see, I, and I would think that Tupac would have been more, um, I would do think he would have switched lanes, but I think it would have been a more militant political. Mm. Um, just with what's going on, I think that Tupac would have definitely been a voice. That Tupac is, is one of those one of those people. He's always got something to him that's a little bit better and that's a little bit more than what other people have to offer. You know, he's he's saying some things that other people are afraid to say. And like you said, you ask me a question, you're gonna get the answer. Yeah. One of the things that that Tupac has said, and, and at least where my mind takes me to have heard it from first, is that we got to make a decision as a, as a young black person by the age of 25 or 26. Uh, and, and I'll take that to say all people, all people by the time you're 25 or 26, you have a decision to make because at that age, you decide to get a job to pay your bills and get a mortgage and live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Mm. Or you decide to kind of jump off this cliff in a way and step out on faith and, and do some things. And it's almost after the age of 26 that you begin that cycle. You know, from the age of 26 to 45, there hasn't been too much of a progression mm-hmm. or there's this astronomical progression. So at 34 years old, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't, I think that that is, the probability goes down after you hit that age, but the probability is honestly always the same because you can change your life whenever you want, whatever right. what's happened to right. you. So at, you know, you're past the age of 26, you got out of it and you said, I'm done, man. I don't. I'm going to sign my own check. You know, what, what uh, brought you there? Well, uh, what? Mm, that's a good question. Something probably I've never, it just happened. Um, I didn't plan it. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that the world, even though I just talked a second ago about not being feeling the pressure of being on anyone else's time frame, yeah. the world, your parents, society, <laughs> will all tell you that True. at 21 you should, mm. at 25 you should, mm. at 30 you should. Okay. Now, being that I've always taken a non-conventional approach, I've always had a non traditional career you know I've never kind of governed myself even though I have very true my father is very traditional (laughs) and even though he's in television he definitely is more practical so um, like you're saying those goals and those time frames those those mean a lot to him so I've always had a reminder Mm -hmm. hey hey you should at this point in your life (laughs) Um, but I think I've just been lucky that 
not well, not lucky. I, well, I guess prior to people like yourself and other people um, in, in avenues of talking more about purpose, mm. you know, 10 years ago, we weren't having these conversations just yeah. as a world, as a yeah. society. No one was even helping anyone else achieve or even think twice about how to, mm. if you did, the world was in, was broken into the haves and the have not, <laughs> if you made it or you didn't. Um, I think now that there's a folk of, you know, everyone wants to, to master this mm. and wants to leave some type of impact. Yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of now why it's kind of coming okay. together, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you've always been an entrepreneur and a writer and a director. I've always had to figure it out. You've always, yeah, you said you never liked to ask for help. Yes, yeah, so I've always <laughs> had to figure it out, so I mean, that's probably kind of why. What is that, what are some of the times, what did you say in college? <laughs> I mean, I just was never a, um, I'm an only child, Yeah. you know? So I guess some of it is that, but I just, I rather figure it out myself and quickly. Mm. So um, mm. if I'm in between leases, wow. um, there were times I was telling you earlier that I've, um, in my 20s, I call them my reckless 20s. Okay. Um, if I was out of an apartment and didn't have another one, I'm not going to call home and tell my parents <laughs> about that. I'm going to find a couch for three nights and then I'm going to do this for a week and then I'm going to stay here. And I'm going to, it's just about not staying where you are. I've right. never oh, stayed man. there. I've never, <laughs> I've never, you know, um, just small things, big things. I've just never right. um, stay there. Cast a main character mm. says I can't make it on opening night. Oh, no problem. I, I hate that that happened, but guess what? I'm going to do your part mm. because I know everyone's part. <laughs> like I mean, I'm just I'm just not a stay there person. Yeah, you know. And that brought, that's something I wrote down early when I took out my phone. I wrote reset, and that is so big and so crucial. That's what makes me mad about New Year's resolutions and why they they end so fast because 365 days is a long time. You have to reset every day. And, you do. Um, I was a football player, and I think about plays. Every six seconds, the great fa- players are allowed to to hone in on one person and what they're doing, and that's what makes people great. Your ability to to reset and, and you know, for me to consciously see that you're aware of these resets and these moments that you have. What is it that you do? How do you know when it's time to, to push forward, or, or how do you know when to let go? Quickly. I don't. I mean, I don't give something a long time mm. to, to garner me results. What does that come from? I don't know. I I, re- I can't say where it comes from. I, it just, I don't stay there. I don't like for people around me to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you'll notice that we will get caught up. Even sometimes we'll get caught up finding the correct person to blame. Was it, um, <laughs> Forget the you know, the yeah, was it Trey's fault? Was it Brian's fault? Was mm-hmm. it who, like, I don't, I don't even like to discuss wow. whose fault it was wow. because that's not going to get, that's wow. not going to, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. Um, I quickly try to, you know, move on. You got to do your part. Yeah, you can't control nobody exactly. else. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just I just find that people accept defeat and stay there. Mm. I quickly let it go. Mm. Quickly regroup. Mm. Um, yeah. What is? How do I get as a person? I, I know that that's a learned skill, and I've had to learn to reset myself. And I still don't think I do it fast enough. I'm talking about little things, you know. Little. I let me take a nap, you know, and I want to go work out instead. How do I become disciplined enough to reset as often as you do, or as fast as you do? Um, by quick, okay, the way that you can know when to reset and how to regroup faster is knowing when something is dead sooner. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but what's that though? You know, there's, you know, I know the I'm, trying to think of, I'm trying to think of like a way to, a, a way to apply that, what I just said. People break up and get back together. And, so and I need you to know that that relationship wasn't going anywhere, not in three months. I need mm. you to identify that like mm. two, three weeks. I need you to 
you, I need you to yeah. identify earlier because if I identify that this is not going anywhere, okay. I haven't spent six months on it. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, if I'm, let's just say we're running breakfast and mm-hmm. no one is coming, I can't run breakfast for <laughs> nine months and then in September decide that it's not profitable. Breakfast needs to stop before January is over. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? Right. Like I have to identify this so that I can begin working on my plan B mm. now, not not later. We yeah. can't spend so much time. Wow. That's a good one. Part of what you said about that, too, in, in, in terms of letting things go is, is you stay on the even track. You, said you're not, you learn not to get work, too worked up when things didn't go your way. And even earlier, you said that the great times of life and the not so good times, you wouldn't even say bad times. What about that can you talk about? Yeah, well, for one, is that we, it should not surprise you. I don't know why we get so surprised when something goes wrong. Because I've had in my life, more things have gone wrong. <laughs> more things have gone wrong that's than right. right. Yeah, that's so why are we so surprised right. when something right. crashes and burns? So that's probably one of the things that I know, even because that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, when in my circle, people that work with me, people around me, because I want the same energy. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So I definitely can't work closely with a defeated person. I just can't. Right. It drives me up mm. the wall. What I've noticed is that, first of all, the initial shock of, oh, my God, it's not working. Or, oh, my God, she's not coming. <laughs> or, oh, my God. You know, that that. It can't take you by surprise, right? You you know, right? And that's a that's a great point too. You said you you fail more times than you succeed. Okay, a lot yeah, of times, I mean, yeah. You know, that's uh, my head went straight to to sports. You shoot the basketball fifty percent from outside the arc. That's great. You're a Hall of Fame baseball player. If you hit the ball three out of every ten times, you make it. You know, so you the, a spaceship on its way to the moon. It's it's off target more than it's on. The gyroscope resets it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty cool thing to think about. One of my my mentor says that everything is the same. He says that you you get to the different places and different levels in your life for the same reasons, essentially. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you are getting a successful entrepreneur in your restaurant. You're successful in your director. But even with yeah. that, you know, don't you think that the, the whole success thing, the whole word mm, successful, okay. people have over that totally yeah. has, to me, has less and less of a meaning because um, you can't identify in what, see, are you are you in your seasons of success? Mm. You know what I mean? You can't, you just, you know, what is it? What yeah. What is success to me, you know, or or how can you identify that? I think it's, success is in the eyes of the beholder exactly. always. But, it, you know, I think it's also, it's a played out word. It's a word that I was in love with and that I used all the time, but. But then you realize I that it's watered down. Yeah. I just think about wise. Looking, I, I have five-year goals and 10-year goals and two-year goals for my success successes or how much money I should make with these goals that I have, but uh, I'm more focused on who I have to be to get there, you know, and I know that in, in, in so my goals, I've started doing mine in 90 day sets, mm-hmm. you know, in, in weekly reviews on those sets. And then every day I, I reset in the morning and the evening. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit goals. Every See, day. and I think that's what people need. And that's why you're so valuable. I think that more so than needing, I don't need anyone to tell me who I am mm. as far as my, my, what I offer, what I have to the table. Yeah. I know that I'm a producer, writer, entertainer. I know the things that I'm great at, mm. but what people don't have are the tools or the steps or the structure or the order. The people in my life who have been most beneficial and most influential and have gotten me are the people who came in my life not to 
teach me, you know, or yeah. um, notes or voice or acting. <laughs> the people who came in and structured me lessons. to help yeah. order me. You know, the person who said, you need a calendar. What are some of those lessons? Um, some of structure, time, punctuality, having goals, deadlines, okay. setting goals, you know, for myself, um, being faithful of my word, being diligent, um, seizing moments and opportunities. I think mm. one time when you and I talked um, a few months ago, I told you about a friend of mine, Carmen. If Carmen has an idea, if we're at a table discussing a concept and Carmen, you, you throw an idea and I were to right. say, Carmen, I know someone who would be great with that. His name is Trey. You should contact him. <laughs> Carmen won't contact Trey Monday morning. Carmen won't contact Trey a week from that conversation. Right Carmen is at the table right then. Hey, Trey, I have Brian at the table with me and he said, you'd be great. <laughs> I've noticed. And, and guess who gets more stuff done than anyone I know? Carmen. Carmen, <laughs> Carmen keeps results. So, actions reap rewards, right? I've learned to move on stuff. Mm. I've learned, um, you know what I'm saying? I've learned to talk to people. I've learned not th this year. Well, one of the biggest lessons is somewhere along the line. I think you and I have talked about this before. We've been told not to tell anyone what mm. we're working on mm. or it will somehow ruin it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and to some degree, I can see that thought of not wanting people who wish against you. Because if you fail, people are going to laugh at you. Or our haters. Yeah. People don't want to plotting against us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know what? I've learned nothing could be farther from the truth. Telling that thing, putting it out there, engages other people, lets them know there's somebody out there with the, with tools you need. There's somebody out there with resources that you need. There's somebody out there to partner with you. Yeah. To, I mean, but they will if, never know if you, if you hold that. You know what I'm saying? It was like having a baby and not wanting nobody <laughs> to hold your baby and not wanting nobody to touch your baby. It also it puts accountability on you. It may, if I tell if I tell Brian I'm gonna come up with um, you know a reason to bring people to your venue three times a month and I don't do that, I'm the, I look foolish. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. I, I do that. So when you put those words on the street, even when they're not ready, but that's what people don't realize is, and that's what I've been caught up before. Even you know I'm thinking about a podcast. I probably could have launched the podcast thirty days ago or a year ago. Right. Could have set up my back office a long time ago, but I gotta wait till I'm ready. Exactly. What, what do you say to the people that want to wait till they're ready? Then you know. it'll, you'll never be ready. Mm -hmm. It'll never happen. You're already, I mean, it's on the ground training, mm -hmm. you know, for, for something. There's some things, of course, absolutely. Marketing wise, um, you know, some things that I was ready for when these right. doors open. But right. there's some things that are not going to come <laughs> until you step your foot out right. there and walk in whatever it is. Right. Some things you're just not going to, they're not going to happen for you. Mm. Um, a, a friend, um, uh, Brian Ham, a barber in downtown, um, as I was preparing to bring my business downtown, he said, Brian, as soon as you step out, you're going to see things falling, resources. Yeah. And, and he was absolutely right. What kind of doors is he talking about? Because I, I, I can understand what he's talking about, but I still can't see the doors. So, OK, so I'll give you an example. Um, the doors that he opens about mean, meaning when when my business, which is a restaurant and a playhouse, <laughs> which offers arts based entertainment, mm -hmm. um, so when this was just on paper and only you know, my family and friends and a select few right. people knew, that was all it was. Right. And I could have opened and maybe if you've been to my plays before or if you've seen my comedy, then you would have come out. As soon as I begin to step in, I mean embrace, I am Brian Forte, this is what I am bringing and I would like for everyone to be involved. 
it's so great to have a pot clink. <laughs> it sounds so great to have a pot clink in your own restaurant. Okay, I'm back. But look, once so, that's when someone stepped forward and said, I moved to Hartsville from New York. Mm. I used to volunteer in off-Broadway productions, and my life has always been the theater. Wow. But when I moved to Hartsville, I thought my theater days were over, but I heard that you have this, and I would love to. What I'm saying is those kind of opportunities. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm saying is there are things and people, the people and that are resources your life that are supposed life. to, that will open themselves they won't to, get you there until you until you st- until you walk in. <laughs> exactly. I guess you're up here preaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. But it's funny you say that because, um, and just in talking about, um, you know, walking in your purpose and walking in your goals. Mm. As a kid, for any time I went to a church service, especially if it wasn't, you know, some video, some, hey, little fella, you in the back. You're going to be a preacher one day. I have been told this. But I always tell, and so the only person that has been holding on to that is my grandma. Mm. Holding on for the day that her baby going to put on her. Not happening. But I always tell her, this is the preacher that those preachers saw. They yeah, were they were exactly. not right, they were not right oh, yeah. but they weren't totally yeah. wrong. You know, but. Yeah, of course. You have a message. What a preacher does is share a message. The people that you're supposed to touch, you touch and you you impact. So I've heard the same thing. And I'm like, you know, am I supposed to be a pastor? No, I think I'm supposed to share this message. Oh, exactly. you know, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. The character, I do a sketch comedy character who's a preacher. So I always tell her, that's the preacher they saw. <laughs> they saw. Yeah. That's the preacher. I'm not the preacher. Yeah. But yeah. Everything in your life, the things that you like to do, the things that you're interested in, the people that you throw, none of that is for no reason. Mm-hmm. It all points back to your purpose. Okay. And I, I, you know I love talking about your purpose. That's what I That's what I love talking about. That's where I'm at. The, the dash is about finding your purpose and living your purpose. I mean, you got to look at me. My last name is a musical term. How I mean, how clear can it be? You know what I mean? Forte means loud. Mm. And I am, if, if I'm nothing else, <laughs> if no one else can use any words, yeah. my name is Brian Forte. My name is Brian Loud Person. Use that to reiterate yeah. purpose. <laughs> so, you know, so, I mean, just, so where do you find your success? I mean, what makes you fulfilled? At this point, I, and I guess that, that it changes when you're focused. Mm-hmm. You shift changes. It can change all the time. Yeah, because it used to be, um, I used to think that my success or my fulfillment would be in sold out shows and even just in general um, after college I thought that I'd, I only saw myself as being an entertainer mm-hmm. as an actor you know I'll be able to be in some plays I'll meet Tyler Perry <laughs> I will you know what I'm saying never saw that I would produce that yeah. I would create that I would provide platform that I would pay people you know mm-hmm. at the end of shows I pay you know I never saw those things right. now at this point and having you know my responsibility now that I am a business owner I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm, a, I'm a minority business owner I'm a, I'm a young you know under 50 business owner now my success is in what can I do to spread it to share it okay. to impact um, I don't think it's by any mistake that I'm I'm visible yeah, location um, so I, I'm aware of not just physically but I also know that literally the eyes are on me mm-hmm. metaphorically and physically I will see success when downtown is 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 lively okay. and okay. buzzing okay. and you know people are together wow. you know I, I I can I can imagine I can feel that because it's a that's as you were as a child that's your wealth you know is watching people be happy and have a good time I know you know one of the things that that I enjoy the most and the things that I love about speaking and, and doing what I do is just, just when one person says thank you or I appreciate it or, or like each like and each share that I get on like that really that really does squirt the dopamine I know that that can be addicting but those are things that make me want to keep going yes, if yes. I don't go yes. just, just, just a like or, or somebody quoted me before somebody 
you know, just just said, oh man, I, my friend showed me, like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. really? But that that's amazing to me and makes me want to keep growing. What are, what are some of the little things that, that make you happy? Well, the fact that now I can't go and buy Low or Piggly Wiggly or Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> No, but see, like you said, the feedback, you know, people, mm-hmm. especially what I do specifically, okay. because I'm not a singer. I, I love to sing, but mm-hmm. I'm not a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm not talking about when I'm booked somewhere to perform, but when I just put something on Facebook being silly <laughs> and someone says I was having a tough day or yeah. my mind was on something or I haven't laughed that yeah. hard or boy, you so yeah. silly or, you know, something yeah. like that. Those things really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, really make me because at, 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 like I said, at the end of the day, I'm that little boy who could not wait to go to school to right. make people, <laughs> to, right. to entertain. So even now. Do most of the people tell you that they appreciate what you're doing? Um, yes. and I th- Yes. However, I think that that is probably a, vi- a, a vice. Um, mm. As far as I'm concerned, because this is what the community, <laughs> from the feedback that I've gotten, I'm the funniest, greatest, <laughs> most talented. <laughs> From based on my research, from the people that I've entertained, I am the funniest wow. thing. No, but um, yeah, of course it makes you feel good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can be mm. too in the hands of a fool. It can be a dangerous mm. thing. Um, I, I was just me, and my mom, and I were having this discussion. I see, even though I don't think that I, and I pray every day that I never fall victim to this, but I see how talented people, gifted people, athletic people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you and I might have talked about this. Um, I see how you can be led. I see how Kanye West can lose his mind. Yeah. Um, if enough people tell you you're wonderful, yeah. if enough people tell you you're a genius, if enough people tell you there's no one like Right. what you do in the hands of a fool that can be a very dangerous mm. thing you yeah. know what I mean yeah. um, and I've, you, people will allow you if you have something to offer whether it's a talent or a gift or, or an ability people will scoot you through life they will excuse you they won't hold you to the same standard mm-hmm. it's, you know there are times I've been demanded to be held to the same you know wow. standard because you know sometimes and, and so what it will end up doing it will produce someone who is who's crazy delusional yeah, yeah, yeah. about who they are about how to treat people yeah. about you know just in yeah. general you know there was a there was a whole study in standard reads raised in the 80s about how raising student self-esteem would, would create a better society that's why we have participation trophies and all the other bs stuff but but i have noticed myself and i'm glad you pointed that out because i noticed when I got my Division One scholarship, my head blew up. Oh, I know you know the life, because um, we always <laughs> we in the arts community, especially in school, oh, have always looked at the athletes like <laughs> that's calling that. Is a, <laughs> no, there's a big what your head really does blow up, and it's yeah, yeah, yes. cocky or conceited or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Even even you know, I, I I try to be humble. There, there's things that I try to do, and there's ways that I think. I'm being a good person to everybody and coming off the best way I can. But then, like, every time I gain a success, World Championship of Public Speaking 2016, um, went to the semifinal round. The woman, Josephine Lee, shout out to her. She's going to be interviewed soon. Uh, she just doesn't know that yet. <laughs> she she was amazing. Everybody in there was amazing. And they kicked my butt. <laughs> now, here I am, 23 years old, the youngest state champion or whatever, yeah. South Carolina. We got people younger than me, and, and I go first, and nobody laughs at my jokes. And I was just like, man, I yep. thought I was about to be in the world championship. <laughs> yes. I thought I was about to be the top 10. Because I'm great. Because I'm me. <laughs> you know, and all these people just walked on me. But it only took one more person for me to lift my head up and smile and say, man, these 
people are good. Yeah, yeah. And and they that does not make me any less than what I am. It means nope. I gotta work some more. You know, so it was getting to a level where the state was the state qualification blew my head up when I was at the world championship. So my head was that but even though I told myself to be humble, even though I didn't talk about it and do these things, I got there and the humbling was was just internal. Mm-hmm. It was just me that had to there's a, a great proverb I like to to say if there is no enemy outside or inside, there is no enemy within the enemy outside can do you no harm. What have you found in keeping demons off you because it's really easy for people to tell you what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you've expressed what people have told you, but um, with the last few minutes we have here, I want you to get into, as you know, pain is purpose. Uh-huh. What are some of the things in your life that have maybe blown your head up or, or brought you down to the lowest moment and brought you back up? How has pain become a purpose in your life? Um, absolutely. Well, I know you've probably heard that most, a lot of comedians mm. aren't just people who have had a happy-go-lucky, breezy life. And mostly you've, you've become or arrived at being a comedian or a funny person through great pain mm-hmm. or overcoming, you know, difficulty. Um, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, pretty much the same. Um, I did naturally, I was a bully target <laughs> having not one brother or sister. Yeah. I have not just begun dressing quirky or being the male Lady Gaga, I have always been, I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. Now there is a price to marching yeah. to your own beat of your own drum. Yeah. There's a price to not wearing, um, to wearing patent leather, shiny shoes and buckles mm. while other kids are wearing, what was it then? Oh, Reebok pumps. <laughs> um, that was the thing. You, I don't, you probably don't remember because I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm older than you. I don't Charles, know if you remember the basketball that you, yeah, <laughs> and all it does is make your foot tight. <laughs> I, I died for a pair of pumps. I finally got a pair of pumps, right? I'll tell you a quick story. Finally got a pair of pumps because not only did I march to my own drum, my mom was determined that I mm. would look like some um, British kid, <laughs> some some <laughs> British kid who has never, who lives straight out of England. Yeah, like on a hill on the pocket <laughs> mansion. Yeah. I look like a Harry Potter character, okay? So that's how I look, okay? So just to give you a, a visual, I look like a pilgrim. That, seriously. <laughs> Patent leather shoes, little buckles, little shorts, look like a little Businessman, uh, jean. If I wore a pair of jeans, a blazer. I'm in fourth grade. Okay, so you know, you already know. Yeah. But it didn't bother me because it was me, and I wanted to be. I thought it was cool, and I wanted to try things. And yeah. you know, these are things I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing off the wall. I'm doing. You know. Mm-hmm. But you have to fight to be who you are to do right. the things that you want to do. Um, like I said, so I said I know what I'm going to do. If I can't beat them, I'm going to entertain them the socks off of them. And that's what I came with my arsenal of, okay, bully, if you want to, if you're gonna beat me up today, you are going to be, <laughs> you're gonna beat me up because I'm going to break, I am ready for you. I'm gonna let everybody know how you're struggling, man. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to cut low. So, I mean, so like I said, it, it, I, I think that my humor was derived just from not wanting yeah. to be that kid to have to go to school. I lived in the hood. Mm-hmm. My mom moved, you know, from her parents and we, we moved in the hood. And I was the only child who went to the orchestra, who was into arts and yeah. music and theater, and, and yeah. it just wasn't cutting. Is, is that humor, is that is that one of your foundational points? Um, you know, one of the things that, that 
makes Brian who he is? Yeah, well, I think that I normally see the, the funny in things. So, I mean, that's just where my mind goes first. Mm-hmm. Whether we're at a funeral or at an you know, yeah. I, I, my, so that, that's just kind of how I see life. I, I find the humor first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll cry about other stuff later. So I think that's why I, you know, I just, I just, mm-hmm. I go for the funny. If we've left somewhere, even if you didn't see it, I would be ready to get in the car and talk about <laughs> what I saw or what, you right. Know, Right. So what are, for me, you know, the things that you value are, are very important in your life. So my mind just happen to be words. They don't have to be words. They can mm-hmm. be family. They can be a watch. Mm-hmm. They can be whatever. But, but mine are faith in God, faith in, in the things that are going to happen. Authenticity, you know, always being myself, because I went through that phase, too, of trying to fit in and trying to please other people, truthfully, yes. instead yeah. of really living each day for myself. And the last thing that I live by is significance. Um, success isn't enough. You know, that word just does not do justice. It's not significant, or you haven't won until you are able to give something back mm-hmm. to other people. So mm-hmm. those are the three things that I value the most. Tell people the three things whatever they are that you value most okay so my first one i'm going to give a cliche answer but then i'm going to break it down in a very deep and profound way so my first one is god and the reason i would say god is because not from the cliche i win an award first i would like to thank god Mm. but from the standpoint of what we just talked about um sometimes we can feel like we are great and wonderful and that we have Mm. done this on our own god reminds me that I can't get carried away. I can't get too puffed up. I can't, no matter how many people tell me that I'm the funniest they've ever heard or that they love it, none of that even matters to me. As a matter of fact, I have a a problem with, um, not a problem, but I have a hard time receiving accolade or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, at the end of my shows, I tip my head out, wave, and I'm back (laughs) off. Um, God reminds me that none of this is you crazy. You're you're not wonderful. You didn't create this. Even my inspiration, things that I think of, I can't take credit for my songs, for the things that I write. None of that. I am just a vessel, you know what I mean? So so for one, God, you know. Mm. Second would be another surprising thing, solace. Mm. Quiet, nothing. I treasure it more than air. Because for one, I don't get a lot of it. For one, <laughs> because of me. I'm always talking. My mind is always turning. Wow. Another artistic idea, thought, play, poem, music, piece of music, something is always what I need to do. Plans. Now this business, yeah. um, things that my mom should be aware of, things that my class needs to know. My mind is always. So the moment that I can get to the nearest ocean, turn everything off open the patio window and all I need to hear is the waves Mm. and nothingness. Mm. That's probably what... That sounds pretty good. That's... That sounds pretty nice. That I don't, and I don't know if it's because I'm such a naturally cluttered person, right. or if everyone could benefit from it. But if yeah. if not, I would definitely encourage, you know, and not beach. Everybody can't have beach quiet time, nah. but just some quiet time, equivalent. some it's nothingness. Be, I'm not talking about some soft music. I'm talking about nothing. Nothing. Could that be sitting next to the bed before anybody absolutely. wakes up in the morning? Absolutely, absolutely. I but I, I've only last year have begun to even. Why not make that time? That Give myself that. Yes. yes. Yeah. What's the thing with that? 15 at, minutes for yourself. It's needed. Lock yourself in the club. Beginning, end, <laughs> at some point. I'm trying to tell you, it changed. Oh, yeah. I believe you. I feel like it clears space. It makes me more open to more stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives me a release. You know, if you're a busy person, if anybody's constantly on the go, I would definitely say, give yourself, make yourself mm. some solace. Mm. Um, 
And then you said three, so I'm going to go. And my, my last thing that can't live without, very important to me, I would definitely say art. And I mean art in the aspect of needing to create. Mm. I constantly need something, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, something. Something to create. And I, I can agree with that. I, I find myself, I see myself as an artist, like yeah. I said earlier. Everybody has a certain art form. So recap those for me again. What's the first one? God. The second one. Solace, quiet. The third one. Um, art. Okay. There it is. Go before you're ready. Thank you to Brian Forte for being on the show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the show notes with my top takeaways, quotes, and side notes at TreyGamers.com. And I'm really excited for next week. Episode two, we've got an old friend of mine, Terrence Moore. He's a mentor, national sports columnist, CNN, MSNBC, MLB.com. Just left the White House. He's covered 30 Super Bowls. I am so excited to have him on the show. Keep it switching up. So Terrence Moore next week is about faith and focus. This is The Dash.